Fuck what they talk about. I've been getting my cake and running wild since a little child. Yeah. Getting it every day, I'm working sun up till the sun down. Yeah. I'm getting it every day, these niggas hating, trying to see how I do this shit. Bitch, I'm not new. What's up, guys? This is Jake Carlisle, and welcome to the Capital Gains Podcast, where we share our experiences on how to flip and invest in real estate, the stock market, and all things fitness. Join us as we dive deep into the world of self-development and get ready to make some capital gains. All right, what is up, guys? It is going to be Friday morning when you listen to this. It is Thursday, and I am interviewing a, a friend of mine. Never actually met him in person, but... Um, We've got some background in CrossFit, and so I've been following him for, I don't know how long, since 2015, 2016, and um, he just, he speaks a lot of, of stuff that I believe and that I see um, in the in the world today, and, and the thoughts that he puts out there, I, I resonate with, and so um, I want to introduce Greg Hammond. Um, what is up, brother? Nothing much, man. Been really busy, um, but it's awesome being here. And this is my first podcast or ever being on a podcast at all. So it's gonna be very interesting, but I'm very excited to be here. Yep. I remember uh, I told Zach because Zach Mayer is on this podcast a lot. Um, one of the one of the co-hosts and I told him oh, it, was a, it was a while back and I told him, man, we got to get Greg on here. And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I just figured um, it'd be it'd be a perfect match because there's not many how old are you? 2021? 21. Okay. So you're 21. I turned 21 in 11 days. Um, and so there's not many, many young guys that, that think like us, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, um, it takes them a little while to figure it out. But, um, so that's why I want to dive in, dive in here. And, uh, I guess to start out with, um, give them a little, a little of your background and then, and what you're doing now, what you're working towards. Yeah. So, Right now, I currently own an email and SMS marketing agency. Um, so pretty much any, so you go to any e-commerce website, um, even like First Form, which is uh, the shirt Jake is wearing, um, and you sign up for email and SMS and you get alerts from them when sales are going on or when they have like a special product launching. And we pretty much just write those emails and those text messages for brands. Yep, that's awesome. And I'm sure people, people get them all the time. They don't even think anything of it. They're not thinking of the back end which is, which is pretty awesome that you, I don't know how, how you got into it, but it's pretty awesome that you saw that and uh, probably saw a, a, a way to figure out how to take advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's actually kind of interesting. The, the reason I got into it, I'll kind of dive into that a little bit is because uh, the first business model I tried, I completely lost all my money and I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so I originally, when I got out of high school, I was flipping products from thrift stores, so Goodwill and just different thrift stores. And we go to yard sales on on the weekends, and uh, we just flip products. We buy them for low, sell them for higher. Um, and I did that for about a year, and then I realized this is not scalable. Um, so I switched, and I took some of that money and started to try drop shipping, which is another online business model. Um, you pretty much find a product on AliExpress, which is like a Chinese uh, wholesale supplier. And you build a website and market a product from there in a unique way. And then when somebody buys, um, you purchase it from AliExpress and send it to them. So you're never holding the inventory. Right. Um, from there, I lost all my money with that because the problem was is drop shipping was not the thing that would make you successful. It was understanding marketing. And I had no understanding of marketing whatsoever. So I was just trying to quote unquote drop ship. 
And that's not the thing that made it successful. Dropshipping is just a fulfillment method, yep. whereas learning marketing is the whole key to it. So I completely lost all my money in that. Um, I switched to uh, starting an agency and I started learning copywriting, um, which is a huge skill that everybody should learn. Um, but I started learning that skill. And then in about, I think literally I started learning it. And within the first week I landed my first client, uh, just somehow, uh, just randomly landed my first client, um, writing emails. And then from there, it's just grown. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think one of the things that you, uh, you said, and you didn't use this word, but when you, uh, when you were flipping stuff and realized it wasn't scalable, you didn't just quit because you, you know, you weren't making the money you wanted and you realized you couldn't do what you wanted with it. You pivoted into something else, learned even more lessons there, and then pivoted again um, into something that, that you uh, mastered with a skill and then uh, and, and now are, are scaling up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many times I've had to pivot and like, I just, I have this thing about me where I just know deep down that one day it's going to turn into something huge. I've just known that always. I don't know what it is. Um, and I think certain people have that, or maybe everybody has some kind of feeling um, that they just, they just have like this surety or however you would say it. Um, they just understand deep down that it's going to turn into something big one day. And that's what I've always had. So I've never been afraid to pivot because I know eventually it's going to turn into something uh, way bigger. Yep. I think that's right on because, uh, that's, that's sort of what I've always felt. Like, I think when I was in high school or, or like early, maybe even younger, um, you know, I'd see these people with nice things and, and, uh, obviously, you know, when you're 15, 16, you're just thinking pretty materialistically. Um, and so I'm seeing all this stuff and I'm like, man, you know, I feel like I'm going to be uh, successful one day or rich or whatever you want to call it, but I have no clue how I'm going to get there. And it wasn't really until COVID hit that I was like, okay, I got really got to take this serious. Um, and so I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, you know, same for me it, it, in real estate, we've got, we've had to pivot a little bit in some, some areas. And, uh, but it's really just because I don't take no for an answer and uh, I know I'm going to be successful. So I just keep on keeping on with zero options mentality. Yeah. Yeah. You and me both. I'm very, I'm extremely stubborn and like, I'll, I'll figure something out. I'll die to figure something out. Like it's literally, it's, it's, it's bad in some cases. Cause I'm, I'm very impatient in pretty much all areas of my life, um, which is something I'm working on. Cause, cause being patient is like a, the whole nother thing. It's, it's literally a superpower if you can be patient. Um, but like in the short term, I'm very impatient. Like I, I go after stuff and I want it bad and I want to get, I want to get it that day. Like I literally just want to get it within the next 24 hours, which is not always possible, right. uh, but I'm going to work like I can. Yep. And I, th I think that's, that's a way to do it. You know, uh, I think Andy Frisella, he says uh, a lot about aggressive patients or maybe it's Ed Milet, one of the two. And they, they talk about aggressive patients a lot because obviously, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, and like, you know, the saying is it takes 20 years to create overnight success. And I think that's, that's something my uncle told me. Um, he's been in the, in the, uh, market 23 years and, uh, he, he's just now kind of thinking about, okay, maybe we can go public and, uh, and get all our money back. And it's been 23 years. Right. Um, so it's definitely not going to happen overnight. And that's something I struggle with too. Like, it's like, holy crap, I'm doing all this work. Well, I've only been doing it for 16 months. Like if a baby was 16 months old, they'd barely be able to walk. If that. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, that's so true. But I also think there's another side to it. Like, I think that um, I think that a lot of people who preach and like I have nothing, like I've I have nothing on these guys because they're they're flying around in jets and I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm far from that. Um, but I also think like telling people that you know whatever the quote was it takes 20 years to create overnight success, which is great. I mean, like, yeah, it might be true. Um, in some instances, um, I think a lot of people don't really understand how fast they can hit success. And that a lot of time discour- a lot of times discourages them from ever starting. Like I knew, um, and in my case, like I just know eventually it's going to work out, um, mm-hmm. in a bigger way. So I don't ever stop, but I also like, I've hit, I've hit like milestones that people would have think like, Oh, it's going to take you months to hit that. Like I landed my first client in like, once I started reaching out with cold email, I think I landed them in 48 hours, which was just ridiculous. And that's not typical. Um, but things can change a lot faster than you think they can. If you simply like, just believe in what you're doing, which I think is such a huge component. Um, it, it's like, the, it's the biggest component. Yep. I think a, a good, a good quote, not, not a quote, but a saying that I've heard is people underestimate what they or sorry, they overestimate what they can do in a year and they underestimate what they can do in five because five, realistically five years isn't, isn't that long of a time. Um, and one year is, is pretty short too, but like, you know, from this year, like if this time last year, we had literally bought zero properties, like zero, we hadn't touched, we hadn't touched a thing. And now as I sit, we are, we are about 10 months, 10 and a half months into it. And we bought 10 and I can't imagine what it'll be like in five, right? Like. So stuff like that is, is, and now I still feel like I haven't done nothing. Right. So it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to figure out, but, um, just figuring it out. Yeah. And I think it's also important, like, um, if people can set up a system where they have like little micro wins, cause I know, I know you've done 75 hard. I don't know how many times you've done it. Um, I've never done it myself, but I'm currently doing something else that's very similar. Um, but it's not exactly like it's, it's like 75 hard, except I'm switching some components. Um, just because I think there, there needs to be a purpose to each piece of what I'm doing. So for instance, like the two workouts a day, um, like I remember when I was doing CrossFit competitively, I, I severely burn out from that and like just cardio now, like doing all those cardio workouts all the time. I just can't do it. Um, like mentally can't do it anymore. Um, so doing like two workouts a day, um, and like the 75 hard mentality, I love it because when you're trying to get out of a rut or something like that, and you need to, you know, implement discipline, then it's great. Um, but I feel like some people do it without, with the wrong intention, I guess you could say, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I actually, but I mean, I think it's absolutely. a great thing. Absolutely. I think, and this is what I tell people sometimes, um, it's sort of, sort of on the same, on the same uh, example, people, a lot of people like the idea of 75 hard, um, and you know, okay, seven five days, no alcohol, diet, no cheap meals, workouts, whatever. Um, but a lot of people are going into it. Oh, I'll try it. Oh, I'll do this. I'll do that. And if you if you're just gonna do that, you're gonna fail one hundred percent. And um, I I tell people you need to figure out first of all why you're gonna why you're doing it. What's what's the purpose of this, right? Like if you're just gonna go do it, you're not gonna do it. Um, and then again, you have to make, make the decision in your mind that you're going to do it. You're not just going to try it. You're going to do it, um, because of X, right? So my reasoning, the very first time I did it was I was, 
I was, uh, you know, my, my head is, dude, I was a two times, uh, CrossFit athlete. I was one of the fittest in the world and now I'm 250 pounds overweight. Um, not making any money. I, you know, my relationships in shambles and I'm out drinking every weekend, right? Like I gotta, I gotta change something. So that was my why, like my why was I lost my way of being the best version of myself every day and I need to get back to that. You know what I mean? So that was my personal why. And I think, I think everybody's is different. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. Um, yeah. I mean, you had purpose behind it. So, I mean, it, it makes sense that I feel like, I feel like most people when they stumble upon it, I guess I should correct myself a little bit. I feel like most people, if they even stumble upon that in the first place, they're probably in a place that they need to do something like that like if they're going to go through with that they usually have a purpose whether it's like you were saying they're overweight they're not making money or whatever the case may be um they're usually in a in a place to start that challenge so no i mean i love it um i'm doing something very similar it's like 90 days um but it's very purpose-driven it's like um number one is send 10 cold emails a day so it's like outreach to 10 people um second one is write a thousand words of copy so practice copywriting skills. Um, third one is, I think, problem solving. So 30 minutes of problem solving. Any problem that's coming up in your day that you need to find something to, like find an answer to, spend 30 minutes trying to figure out a solution. And then number four is uh, market research. So just researching your market and figuring out the pains and the problems at a deeper level. And then um, number five is tracking. So I track my revenue for the day. Uh, I track um, just a bunch of health health uh, parameters, I guess you could say. Like I have a whoop, so I track like sleep and everything. Yeah. Um, and then habits, like I have a couple of habits set up um, that I make sure I hit every single day. Um, so that's pretty much the five things. But can, like I've always said I'm a consistent person, but actually setting up a challenge and doing it is so much different. Just seeing it actually being a, like seeing it through. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely different. I think uh, I think seventy five hard is is definitely good for some people who need structure. Um, oh, yeah, it, it implements structure into your day, and you really have no choice but to do it. Beside, you know, if you, if you don't, you're gonna fail. Um, that's that's something that's helped me because I was always the one that was like, oh man, I don't need a schedule. I don't need a, a to do list. I don't need this, I don't need that. And, um, you know, now I have my little checklist every single day I'm going through, um, that I need to hit, um, in order to move forward every day a little bit. Right. And, um, you know, I, I don't do two workouts every day anymore. I still, I do, I do a lot. I, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Um, but now like one of them is a, a gallon of water a day. And like now it's weird, but I carry around this, this liter bottle of water and, um, I probably, drink, I probably drink a, a gallon and a half every day just without thinking about it now. So it's stuff like that. That's uh, just really cool. And uh, it's now spilled over into the business side of things, um, which, which is kind of the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great just as far as like getting a kick in the ass because like so many, so many people need that, especially with like COVID and it's, it's made a lot of people, uh, COVID just done. COVID's made everything weird. Uh, it's it's definitely made everything weird. I think I think people are, so many people are scared. Like you you can't even go out in public now. Like I can't go out in public. Um, people don't look at each other in the eyes. Like it, it used to be so different. It's just like these little things. But everybody's living 
everybody's living in fear, which is just crazy. Um, but it's very intentional, I think. Yep. So where you say you can't go out in public. What do you mean by that? Where do, uh, where do you live again? No, no, no. I was saying like when I go out in public, like I just notice small things like, no, we're like, we don't like, I don't even wear a mask anywhere. I'm in Virginia, Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, like no mask. Uh, people are very like the, the vaccine or whatever people are like not for it at all. Um, so things like that, but I'm just talking about from a standpoint of like everything's just gotten so weird where like people don't look at each other in the eyes. Um, conversations are awkward a lot of times, whereas like before COVID, you know, you meet somebody new. It's not, it's not weird at all. Like there's no, there's no barrier. It's just, it's, it's different. Yep. Absolutely. I, uh, and that's, that's one thing I, I was, I kind of rejected like from the very beginning. Um, I don't really know why, like, like originally I was a little scared, I guess, you know, for my grandma, grandpa, grandparents, whatever, because you know, that they were susceptible to it. Um, and I, in, at the beginning of COVID, I was um, I was actually doing stuff I have hard at the time, I, which was a huge blessing for me because it kept the structure. But I was doing uh, shipped in favor. This is before I, I went on my entrepreneur kick, and uh, I went to HEB every day pretty much to deliver groceries. And you know they they were making people wear masks, and I was wearing a little gator thing. And then you know. I don't know when it was, but I live in a small town in Texas. And so we're pretty conservative and I'm, you know, I was 19 years old. I didn't want to be told what to do. So I just walk in there without a mask. And, uh, this was still really early. Cause I, you know, you, I don't know why, but I could just tell something was BS. Something wasn't right. And, uh, you know, I, I got some flack for it for a long time from a bunch of people. But now, you know, every, every day I'm getting proven right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, um, the whole point of just living in fear, like, I think there, I think there's two sides to it. Like, um, at least what I figured out, and this is another thing, like before you started recording, I was saying when I'm driving home from the gym after an intense workout, um, that's when I get my best ideas. So like anybody listening to this, like that's a, that's a great, um, piece of advice if you're you know if you do an intense workout every day whatever it may be crossfit whatever it is powerlifting doesn't matter um when you're on the drive home or just driving in general just drive in silence and give your brain some room to breathe instead of constantly plugging your senses with music or podcasts and not that podcasts are bad but you know a lot of times you just need room to breathe you're constantly like there's people constantly having airpods in and they're constantly listening to something talking to somebody on the phone texting somebody and sometimes you just need time to unplug in order for ideas to hit you um like it's just it's such a big thing i see yeah i i try every day and i'm i'm susceptible to that so i i'm bad at like i love listening to my music like on the way to the gym i'm listening to my hard rock i'm listening to my young Dolph. you know i'm just getting hyped up and i usually don't sacrifice that um but in the mornings when i do my cardio and sauna i'll go in the sauna and i'll have I won't have my phone. I won't have my headphones. I'll just sit there. It's quiet. It's hot. And I'm just sitting there and I'll visualize. Um, I do visualization um, in the sauna usually. Uh, and some, But sometimes I just sit there, right? And so it's just my thoughts. And, I, and it's it's some, some people like don't do it and uh, they'll call me crazy because I visualize. But like every single day I do that, um, I become so much clearer on what I want or what I need to do that day. 
and I just feel better. Like I'm, I know some days when I don't do it, I just get stressed out of my mind because I don't get a break, you know? Yeah, no, I love that. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like in the shower. That's where another, another place I could get my best thoughts. Just literally standing in the shower, the water just hitting you. Um, I'll just stand there and literally get so many ideas. And I wish I had like a, I need like a waterproof notepad or some crap like that just to write stuff down because you will get so many ideas just when you simply let your brain unplug and you're not constantly hitting it with music. Um, and yeah. Um, and that's another thing, like with the music and everything, something I, something I preached and I learned um, like months ago is just really being aware of what you're actually allowing into your brain. And that goes with music too. Cause I feel like a lot of people program themselves to actually struggle more than they should. So for instance, I've never grown up in a bad situation. We've always had food on the table, middle-class family. There's nothing like literally we're fine. Like we're, we're doing great. Uh, nothing bad is happening. You know, uh, my dad had lost his job and like uh, years ago, um, but we were never even told that as kids. Like he just went out and got another job and we figured it out. Right. Um, but like everything was, we've always had everything provided for us. There was nothing wrong. And like, I noticed as I was listening to, you know, music talk, like rappers talking about struggle and stuff like that, I noticed it's like, you automatically try to start relating to something that you have no relation to. And you start programming yourself to think that like this journey is way harder than it is. And I'm not saying the journey isn't hard, but a lot of times we, we hype it up to be way harder than it is. Like people talk about how they were, you know, we're sleeping on the streets. Like I've never experienced that. So why am I sitting here trying to relate to a song that is about something as dark as that? So um, I, I think what you let into as important as what you eat and what you actually consume as far as like a food diet, um, your mental diet is just as important. Yep. And it's because I, and realistically, it's probably more important because what you feed your brain, is going to be what you project or, or, uh, consume externally. And so if you're consuming crap, you're going to eat crap. And if you're, if you're consuming good stuff, you're probably going to eat good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and like, I can even, I can even tell you from personal experience, like Back in 2015, 2016, 2017, that's when I was heavily competitive in CrossFit and trying to go to the games. Um, and back then, I vividly remember myself. I would walk into the gym just angry because I was listening to music all day in school that was just like about struggling and like making it because I wanted to make it to the game. So I like I programmed myself to be in this state of like constant struggle and like, I was really having to, you know, push hard. And yes, the workouts were hard, but I had the best situation ever. I wasn't working a job. Um, I got as much food as I want, like literally everything I needed to, you know, set myself up for success I had. And, um, I would just walk to the gym. I was a complete asshole. Like anybody can tell you, <laughs> I looked, I looked angry. Um, I was very, very egotistical. I thought I was, I literally thought I was some God or something like that. Cause I was, you know, shredded and, um, could do a workout really fast. It, it sounds crazy. Um, but that's literally how I was. And, and like I, the people that I used to work out with then, you know, I'm still friends with them. I go to the gym with them, you know, almost every single day. And, um, you know, I literally told them, I'm like, you know, I used to be a piece of crap. Like I used to be, I used to be a horrible person. They're like, yeah, yeah, we know, we know. We finally, <laughs> we're, glad, we're like, we're glad you're, uh, we're, you're finally getting self-aware about that. Um, and it's like, yeah, so now, now I've completely changed from then. Um, and just because back then I used to put like my entire value and my entire identity in CrossFit. And now it's just, not like that whatsoever. Yep. I think that's really good. Um, 
what were you saying about the uh yeah the uh so the the programming to struggle harder or struggle more than realistically that you are and i think that's that's really important because that's the same thing on my end um i really i I, until I was eight, we grew up in a small house. Um, and you know, I didn't have any central heat or anything like that, but I literally didn't know any better. Like I didn't, I had no clue. So it didn't matter to me. And then as soon as I turned eight or nine, we moved into a big old house and it was really nice. And so I've always had what I, what I wanted, what I needed. Um, and same thing when I was trying to go to the games and when I went to the games, I had enough sleep. I had all the food I ever wanted. I had all the supplements. Like you name it, I had it, um, and I think I think you're hundred percent right. And that and that's something that I have never really thought about. Like I've never thought about, oh, like this might be actually programming me to think this way, you know. Um, and that's still something I struggle with because I think I I think I may be a little different because sometimes I. I use some of that music to perform, uh, but maybe I could be completely off base there, and uh, maybe I could use some other type of music to help me help me get better, just because I'm not struggling like that. But I don't know. We'll see. No, I, and I mean, hey, now I listen to that music in the gym. It's playing, and I, I mean, it's not that I'm not the one controlling the speaker, but even if I was, I would probably play rap music. I'm not saying that I never listen to it. I, it probably comes into my ears every single day on a daily basis when I go to the gym, but, um, it used to be, I was constantly plugging my ears with it and constantly listen to it over and over and over about, about these stories of people who are struggling. And I think it's intentional too. Um, I have tons of like conspiracy theories in my head, um, but they all seem to have some truth to them. So like with, with music that talks about struggle. So take somebody like juice world who talks about constantly talks about the, so I was literally about to ask you that because and this is crazy so i'll stop you right there and you can continue zach mayer is like teaming up with his girlfriend to do a bunch of uh like uh custom embroidery on shirts and can you guess what the number one request is for those shirts it's, oh is it juice world it's juice world <laughs> and he yeah. said 90 percent of his sales are juice world and and like i i don't really relate to his music at all i really just don't um and so I sometimes I clown on people. I'm like, yeah, Juice World's trash. He's not trash, um, but like I just don't listen to him. So, but yes, keep going. I'm, my question is, why does everybody love and revere Juice World when all he sings about is drinking, drinking or taking Percocets and committing suicide and dying? <laughs> well, I think uh, well, number one, I think the mu the music sounds good. So I'm not going to deny that. Like a lot of it, like I've been sitting in my car, I'm like, oh, this is this is good. Like this sounds great. Um, but then you, you start to realize like what he's really talking about and you, you repeatedly, so all this stuff we're listening to any TV, any TV shows, any, whatever movies, uh, music, it's all programming you in some way. So a lot of times you'll find a song you love, you play it on repeat and that's just programming you again and again and again and again. And so like with somebody like juice world, there's nothing wrong with his music inherently. The guy is singing and he's coming from a personal place of struggle and he's singing. The problem is, is whose hands are in that. So you're having these giant media companies who are getting their hands on this music and distributing it to all these people who might or might not be struggling with the same thing. For people who are still struggling with the same thing, it's not helping them get out of it. It's just making them go deeper into their problem by constantly talking about it and thinking like, oh, it's okay to have these suicidal thoughts and like, oh, I'm depressed. And like depression has been like, and I'm not trying, like I've never had depression, so I can't speak to 
that world. Um, but they're, the way I look at it is, you know, the media and all those people are just trying to program people to be depressed, be anxious, and they're distributing this music in order to do that. Um, so the artist's intention originally is not to, you know, slowly kill people, <laughs> but the people who are distributing the music, they have another intention. Same thing with like, I'm literally like, like you can go to uh, like KFC, for instance, <laughs> literally the food, the guy, the guy who started the company is not trying to kill people, but then they're marketing it as like, you know, this is something, this is a great meal to go have. And like the media is distributing it in a different way and getting people to consume all this crap food. So they're consuming crap media, they're consuming crap food, and they constantly feel like crap. Uh, on top of that, you have COVID. They're telling people to stay inside. Don't get sunlight. Don't go near people, which is all essential to, you know, living a good life and actually being happy, like having interaction with other humans, getting out in the sun. And they're telling you to avoid all this stuff. And what do you think is going to happen? Uh, like, it's going to keep people depressed. It's going to keep them sad. And a lot of people are committing suicide. It's like crazy. Um, like, there's a lot of, there's so many little sub subtopics you could dive into. Um, but I can see through all this stuff. It's annoying. Um, but I just try to keep blinders on, <laughs> I guess. Yep. I agree. I, uh, cause like, I don't, I literally don't even watch the news. Like I've, I barely watch TV anymore. Like ever since COVID, the only thing I'll ever watch is, um, I, I do watch war movies. I just always loved war movies for some reason, but I'll watch AM football and that's it. Like I will, I will watch nothing else other than that. And, um, it's just weird because like I used to watch a good amount of TV um, but it's just so miserable now. It is so miserable and it's, I can't tolerate it. And, uh, one thing that, that I, that I hated, um, and, and I, I couldn't do anything about it, but I, I just, I, I just hated it because it kept them in a, 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 uh, a cycle of misery almost or worry was when my grandparents, um, my grandparents, they're both, uh, in their seventies and, and they live in Burnham and, and they're both retired and their their favorite thing to do is to just um, sit in the sit in their couch and play their games because they're, they're retired they work their whole lives um, you know they deserve to rest but that's a whole other topic they when, when COVID hit they started watching the news nonstop. like it was never off every time I went over there it was always on and then still now it's always on something's always on and they love watching their Cowboys and their Texans and their Astros right but the news is always on telling you what's going on or, you know, not going on, um, in the world. And I just, I literally just hate it because it's all, it, it's propaganda and, um, it just, they're basically just telling you what to think. And the real world isn't even anything like that at all. Like it literally is not like that. I live in the real world and nothing is wrong realistically in, in my world. Um, there are things wrong, but not to the degree that CNN or Fox says, right? Yeah, and I mean, to, to build off that, it, they're, they're painting the world they want you to see. It's not the real world, like you were saying. The real world, if you go out into the real world, it's not as bad as they paint. And I'm not saying there aren't places, you could probably, like, I don't live in New York City, and I don't live in a lot of these places that, you know, have had um, whatever the, the, what is it, raids or whatever it is, where people are, like, gathering in the streets and breaking into buildings. Um, yeah, protests, but yeah, protests They're, they're, um, you know, they, they hype things up to be way more than they are. And that's on both sides, no matter how conservative or how liberal you are, it, it's on both sides. And at the end yeah. of the day, it's all inter entertainment and entertainment is not just like, woo, woo, it's entertainment. A lot of entertainment is making people fear. 
and people come back for it because they, they get, they get a dopamine hit from the fear they feel, um, in some ways. Um, but it's also like, they keep people just, they keep people hooked by being like, Oh, stay tuned next week and next week and next week. And eventually you find yourself, you've learned absolutely nothing because if you ask somebody who watches the news, <laughs> they're like, a lot of people will argue, Oh, I want to stay up to date on what's going on. I'm like, dude, you don't need to fucking stay what's uh, updated on what's going on because everything you've watched, if I asked you what you just watched, you wouldn't even be able to tell me. Cause it's like, you just watched, uh, watched a movie and like, it was just like all entertainment the whole time. Most of it, and that's not a good example, whatever. Most of it, you can't remember essentially. Um, it's all just like, it's fluff. here and gone. And the, yeah, it's a bunch of fluff pretty much. Um, think- and like my mom's addicted, my mom's addicted to the news. She watches it like every night and I'm not going to try to stop her. But all I tell her is like, gotta understand like all this stuff is just, you know, it's programming and it's programming you to fear. Um, and it's programming you to see the world as something that it's not, because if you actually go outside, step outside and just look, look around, it's not as bad as they picture it to be. Right. Well, it's kind of crazy. You know, people say, oh, it's not, it's not programming. You know, it's like, it's not programming me, but what do they call it? They call it programming. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's right there in front of your face and you're trying to tell me it's not programming, but they call it programming. Okay. Um, yeah, I think you're hundred percent right. I think you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. And I mean, like, and like the opposite, like the thing I've learned is, you know, the opposite of fear essentially is love and you can either live in love or you can live in fear. Um, and most people are living in fear and I don't know all the things that have, have to do with fear, but I I think I've heard places like fear and all that stuff. Like it weakens the immune system, which it's kind of where all the stuff connects, like, isn't it? Because, you know, all the stuff with fear and staying inside, it, it all connects in some way all to, you know, you know, lead to the demise of every single human being on earth. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can either live, you know, in fear where it's like, oh, I don't want to be broke anymore. That's like one mindset, or it's like love where I want to, you know, be the best version of myself. And I want to, um, you know, find out what I'm capable of because I'm capable of so much more than what I'm making or et cetera, than what I am doing right now. Yep. And I think, uh, I think on that one, and I'll always go back to, um, I don't know if you follow Ryan Stuman or at all or not, but, um, so he posted a video and it was some, it was something cool he put up. And one of the words he said on there, cause he does a bunch of voiceovers. one of the words there was like, you deserve, um, more than, you know, and you're capable of more than, you know, and it's, that's not coming from a place of, uh, what is what is my uh a place of what am i trying to say like being motivational not no no no, not desperation not a place of desperation but it's not coming from a place of scarcity it's coming from a place of abundance right and so yeah yeah. that's something i've had to really work on um because i think you know uh i don't know if we're born scarcity mindset i don't think we are but i think we're programmed you know from the time we're born to if you just follow the status quo, you're programmed to think scarce, right? Oh, I, I don't want to lose money or, oh, I don't want to spend money or, oh, I don't want to do this or that. Right. But you know, the backbone of marketing and businesses and, you know, getting leads and stuff like that is you gotta go spend money, right? You gotta go, you gotta go put money in the machine to, to, to make it work. You gotta put gas in the car and make it go. Um, and that's something I've had to, had to, work on is scarcity mindset and abundant mindset. Um, and that's something that my business partner also has had to work on to just turn our, turn our heads around and go, Hey, like we're capable of more. We deserve more. 
And, um, you know, it's not, it's not from like, oh, we have to be super frugal because we don't want to spend a bunch of money, but it's like, I don't know how to say it. He's because I think my business partner is like always, Hey, I need to have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. Okay. And so he, he gets a hundred thousand and he's like, Oh, I can't spend any money. Cause I can't lose it all. Well, it's like, and then now he's realizing like, Hey, like I gotta go, I gotta go put that money to work, you know, in something real estate, stocks, business, whatever it is. Um, and so he's like, okay, now he's getting to where he's putting it in different places and he can't see the hundred thousand. But it's out there. It's working. It's in the machine. It's it's moving. And I think that's something that, you know, if if we just can tell people, hey, you deserve more. You're capable of more. I think a lot more people would be a lot more successful. But we're just we're told the complete opposite, twenty four seven. Yeah, and, and it's a lot of subconscious programming too. Like parents are doing it all the time. They don't even know it. And I've noticed this. I I don't know why I'm so self aware about these things. I just understand. Like. I don't know where it came from. I, I really don't. Um, I've ever, I've had it ever since a young age. Um, just like a deep, like thinking deeper about every single little thing in life. Um, but I've, I've seen it from my parents. Like, you know, they'll say something like, oh, we don't want to, we don't want to use too much of this. Like we, we, we might not have enough of this. And it's, they're not intentionally doing it. That's just the way they were raised. And that programming, um, you know, goes through generation and generation and generation. And we're the generation that has to completely rewire ourselves to start the next and just keep, keep, you know, putting the right program into our children and into the people around us. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's so true. Um, abundance versus scarcity mindset. Like, um, the best example I can give is the new gym that I go to the guy who owns it. Um, <laughs> he might actually watch this shout out to Brandon. Um, he has tons of, like he has, I don't know how much money he has, but he has plenty of money and he doesn't worry about money. And that actually allows him to grow his business like crazy. Um, it's like insane how much he's grown just over the past couple months that they've been open. Um, just because he's literally not sitting there, his income source is not from the gym. He doesn't make any money from the gym. That's like something he just wanted to do. He wanted to open a gym and have a place for people to come and you know, like have a family aspect to it. Um, but he's not worried about the money because the income isn't coming from that. Whereas somebody who owns a gym and they're putting food on the table with it, you know, they're coming from a place like I have to put food on the table for my family. And that's a good thing. But that also makes them do things that somebody with an abundance mindset would not do. So they might have to, you know, cheapen the rates of their membership or which brings like lower quality people to the gym and stuff like that. Um, so I think just having and, and like a lot of it just takes already having money. Um, but just being in that mindset where you're not working off of, oh, um, what am I trying to say? <laughs> Now it has lost it, but I, I get what you're saying. Scar uh, abundance versus scarcity mindset. Yep. Yep. I think it's, uh, it's, it's super, super, super subconscious nowadays. Cause I, you know, it's, it's like, and, and I don't know if you're very versed in the, um, in like real estate or debt and like how that, how all that works and leverage and stuff like that. I'm sure you're, you got common sense, so it's not that hard, but like, so debt is, is often, um, Referred to as bad. <laughs> right. So Dave Ramsey is the perfect example. So he, he's just like any debt is bad, right? It doesn't matter what it is. No, no circumstance is debt good. And well, you know, you can, you can that's a great phrase to sell stuff off of. Right. And, and it, it evokes emotion in people because people have a tons of credit card debt. They have a ton of medical debt. They have a ton of, 
student loan debt and it's like this is holding me down it would be awesome if it's paid off and i agree student student debt is the devil like i literally if i had to come out if i had to go take debt out for school i would not be going to school like i'm blessed that i can pay for it but if i if that it came to that i'm not going to debt for school i'm just not um and if everything else um but then you realize hey who who who's doing well right now in this super inflated um market right who's doing well it's the people who are in the quote unquote good debt who have debt on real estate um not necessarily stocks but stocks are doing well obviously um but people who went and bought a million dollars real estate in 2015 now they're sitting on two million dollars and they didn't put any extra money into it right they used debt they used 200 grand to buy it and now it's worth 1.2 million and uh, you're gonna tell me that's bad, right? So I think it just, it's not all black and white. Like there's there's a lot, it's so complex. It's just like, you know, it, it's so complex and you, you can't put a blanket on it, on anything at all. And I think that's another problem with, you know, the, the, polit the politics now um, is there's, they're putting a black and white answer to everything. And it's, it's just not that, it's not that simple. And some things are that simple, right? Life, life is pretty simple in, in, its, in its purest form, but like these problems that we have are just not black and white. There's a, there's a bunch of layers to them. And so I think that's a really roundabout way to say that, you know, people use debt to, to pr project their scarcity or abundant mindset. Yeah. And I mean, whenever I feel in a scarcity mindset, I, I always remember two things. It's like, number one, the amount of money you make is pr directly proportionate to the size of the problem you're solving. So the bigger the problem you're solving, the more money you are going to make guaranteed every single time. And then number two, there are literally people selling pictures of apes, the board ape, like NFT things online for like 30 million bucks. People are literally selling those things for millions of dollars, a picture of a digital picture. So if you think there's not enough money to go around, like you're crazy. There, there's there's so much money circulating through you just need to and like there's real estate there's there's e-commerce there's copyright there's a million different business models but you just need to pick one um and you have to be curious enough to start um because i think i think that's the biggest i think that's the biggest key a lot of uh a lot of what i was taught growing up in school because i went to private school like christian schools uh, all throughout pretty much uh high school yeah and uh they were always kind of like everybody and like, again, this is like subconscious, but everybody's doing the same thing. Everybody's, um, you know, growing up, getting married in their twenties, having kids, just going the typical route, which nothing wrong with it. Some people want to do that. Um, or the majority of people want to do that. They just want to settle down, um, which is fine. Um, and I think a lot of those people are making a mistake because they're going to later on see that they, that's not actually what they wanted. Uh, but anyway, um, what was I saying? I was saying something about, um, they, they need to just like explore. Like I was taught, um, you know, like just, just go this one route and, and just go, don't make too much noise. Just go this one route, get a degree and you'll live a great life. Um, and don't make too much noise or whatever. Whereas I sat there and every time I was in class, I mean, I would sit there and listen. Um, but I would always be in the back of my mind. I'm like, yeah, this is BS. This is BS. This is BS. And I would always just listen to the voice inside my head instead of trying to let them tell me something else, which they were great people. But a lot of them would tell you, and a lot of them, it was for your own safety. They were trying to keep you safe. Like, don't go experience this. Don't try this. Um, you know, great example, like, oh, like you shouldn't smoke weed or something like that. Not that I've done that yet, 
Um, <laughs> I haven't, but like, that's just, a, that's just one quick example. Like they're like, Oh, don't do this and don't do this and don't try that. Like my son did this and he went down a horrible path. I'm like, but like, we're young, we're, we're meant to experience instead of just stay in one place and crammed with one idea in our mind of what we want to do. Like there's so many more opportunities now than when they were growing up. It's, it's such a different world. Yep. And that's, that's really, that's really what got me into real estate. Um, and now, you know, I have my real estate license and, um, just go, I'm just going that route. Like I'm all, I'm all in on real estate, right? Like that's, that's my thing. And I'm not really getting into anything else, but I realized like, I'm not about to go get a, get a college degree and go sit in this cubicle or go be a, uh, an executive for a company for 30 years and do the same thing every day. And executives are awesome. Like I am the owner of my company and I'll have to be an executive one day. Um, but I realized that, you know, if I go sacrifice for the next five, 10 years, you know, by the time I'm 30, I could have all this passive income coming in and I can go travel and experience and, and just live how I want. Right. And so I think a lot of people miss, miss that. Like they're like, Oh, I'm gonna get the, I'm gonna get the car, the truck, the house, the wife, the, the huge wedding, you know, the, and they love the idea of all this stuff. So they go do it. Right. And then they do it. And then they're in $200,000 of debt at 24 years old. And now you're paying it off for the next 10 years. Like that sounds miserable. So, you know, I think if, if anything, the best route would be to do the opposite of all of that. Right. And which is exactly what I'm doing. I'm still going to college, but, uh, you know, I only have two, like two and a half semesters left. So, um, I'll be able to afford it. I'm going to have the network, whatever, but like, I'm not going to use it. Right. I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I'm going to form relationships, um, go through the experience. Right. And, and use what I learned being here to, to further my real estate career or whatever I do. But, um, you know, and I, I don't think you're not in college, are you? No. And I think, honestly, I think college is great, but I don't think most people have a purpose for going. So like, it's interesting. You just said that about growing your network, one relationship anywhere, it doesn't matter where it is, college, whatever, you, wherever it may be, one relationship you form could be the reason you become a multimillionaire, a multi-billionaire, whatever the case may be. Like people have met at Harvard and started a company. It doesn't matter the college, doesn't matter the university. One relationship could be the whole reason, you know, that could be the person you get married to. That could be the person you start a business with that goes on to make multi-millions. Um, so I think college is great in that case. But I, I know a lot of kids and most kids around here, at least, you talk to them, it's like, what are you studying? They're like, oh, I'm doing this, but I don't really like it. And they, they switch their major a hundred times. <laughs> and like, um, and I mean, that's fine for some people. They just, they, they, their parents want them to go to college. They went to college and they just dove in head first. Um, but I think there needs to be a purpose. Well, there, there has to be a purpose to what you're doing. And that's another thing. Like you can tell, um, and I used to be this way. Um, the quickest way to tell is when somebody's balancing, like they're sitting there, they have their phone propped up on their laptop watching like Netflix while they're doing their schoolwork. I'm like, I can just tell what you're doing right now has no purpose to you because you're not focused on it. If you really cared about it, you'd be a hundred percent focused. That's, that's a hundred percent right. I mean, it's, it's, that is, and it's crazy how people don't see that. Like, I don't think people even realize they're doing that, right? Like all my friends. That Subconscious. Are, yeah. All my friends that are in there are like, oh, this sucks. Like, and I agree. I don't love it. It does suck. But like, um, you know, I'm, I'm going, I'm going here to meet people that are going to further my career and my life. Right. And I've already met a bunch 
I've, I've met a bunch. I'm, I'm in a, I am, uh, I hold the belief that like everybody you meet, um, and I, I don't know who got this, who got this from, it might be stoic, but like everybody you meet, you can learn something from, um, doesn't matter who it is. Yep. Right. Um, and I think like A&M wasn't the, isn't the thing that's going to help me, but like coming here and going to A&M put me in the position to go to true fit and meet my buddy Seth Williams um, or uh, a guy named Robert Irving, who is a big investor. And like, it just all makes sense now, right? Like meeting these people when I'm putting myself in these situations, it just, it just makes sense. Right. And you know, whether it's A&M, whether it's this or that, like it's, it's your choices that have consequences and you need, you need to be intentional with your choices and, and then make those choices purposefully. Right. It's, I think living with intention is, is a must, but people just kind of just go with the flow. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can tell, and I mean, I've been in those phases before, so I know what it's like. It's, um, it's just like a phase of confusion and you don't really know what to do. So like, I don't blame those people for sitting there on their phone on Netflix while they're doing their schoolwork. Cause if I was doing the same thing, I'd probably be doing the same thing. I'd probably be sitting there. Cause I remember when I would do schoolwork in even high school. I would be listening to Spotify blasting at like max trying to like, you know, texting my friend, what are the answers to the homework? You know, <clears throat> you're not, you're not excited about it. So you're not going to focus on it. So I completely get that. But then it also, that comes back to the scarcity mindset. Um, you know, people don't understand that a relationship can lead to so much more like meeting one dude could, like I said, be the reason you start a multimillion dollar business, but they're not thinking that way. They're just thinking, they're thinking, oh, you know, money is scarce. Um, you know, I'll be lucky if I get a job that pays me 50 grand a year. Um, it's crazy. It's really crazy. And you're still you muted think, for a second. If you think <laughs> like that, um, guess what you're going to get? You're going to be, you're not going to be getting much money. It's going to be scarce. And you're going to get that $50,000 a year job because that's what you told yourself. Um, that's all you deserved, right? Like, if I, if I, and I also break everything out into goals, right? So if I can go sell or represent a buyer on 200, on two $200,000 houses every month, that's two transactions a month. My commission on that would be about $7,000. And after a split, it's five. Okay. So I'll make $10,000 a month. That's 120 G's a year. How many people do you know that would kill to have a $120,000 a year job? like a bunch, right? And it can be different where you live, cost of living could be higher. But like, I know from where I'm from, you may, if you made 120 grand, I mean, you were like rich, right? Like you had a bunch of money and like, I could do two transactions, two transactions a month and make it, right? As a real estate agent. Like it's not super insane to think about now. And now I'm thinking, okay, how can I make a million? How can I make 5 million? How can I make 10 million, right? And, uh, it's just crazy. And that's, that's something that, that, uh, one of the investors of mine has helped me get out of like, you know, he's like, Hey, we need to be flipping these million dollar ranches. I'm like, well, crap, I've been flipping $200,000 houses. He's just on another level of thinking, right? He wants to make $400,000 a flip and I want to make 30. Well, now he's putting in my head, Hey, we need, we need to be, we need to be making six figures every three months, right? Not 30,000 every two months. Right. And it's and 30,000 every two months is insane. That's crazy to people who I grew up with. But when you get around people who are where you want to be, 
they just force you to think so much bigger. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. And it's also like you mentioned somewhere in there about just doing something you can actually control. Because I feel like a lot of people, they're, they're trying to constantly control things they literally cannot. Like I can't control if a client responds to me, but I can control how many people I reach out to every day. I can tell myself I'm going to reach out to 20 people today. It doesn't matter if I get a response, I get five responses, or I get all 20 to respond. It doesn't matter, but I can reach out to 20 people. That's something that no matter what happens in my day, I can, I make no excuses. I can reach out to 20 people. And then from there, I optimize those cold emails and cold outreach messages in order to get people to respond. So instead of trying to say, oh, I'm going to land a client this week. If you literally just said, I'm going to send out a hundred cold emails this week, you're much more likely because if your goal is to land a client that week, let's say you're 50 emails in and you've got no responses. What are you going to do? You're going to be sitting there disappointed thinking, oh, this doesn't work. This is a scam. It's never going to work. I'm not built for this. When all you needed to do was send maybe 50 more and you might've landed one. Um, so literally just controlling what you can control and leaving all the rest, all, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Yep. Absolutely. And that's, that's a, that's a good, a good, that's a great example because one of my, it's, it's, I take this from Andy, it's a power list item, but like one of my things is I look at five um, I run the numbers on five projects or five houses every day. It doesn't matter if it's a flip, a rental, um, a new build, uh, a land development or anything. It's I run five numbers no matter what. And even if there's nothing crazy, I just run the numbers, right? I'm running the numbers. And give or take, uh, every about 100 or 150 that I run, we get a deal. Okay? And it's just, it's just the numbers. It's just kind of how it runs. Um, uh, you know, it's about... 0.05% to 0.1% or, you know what, you know what I mean? Um, and so it's just kind of crazy. Like, and I'm not specifically reaching out to people, but like I have on my wall written right there, we're going to send a thousand mailers a month to a thousand people. Right. And if we can get a half percent return rate, you know, we're going to get, um, five deals a month. Right. Which is insane. That's, that'd be crazy for me. Right. But it's just numbers. If we can touch a thousand people a month and we can get five, like, let's go, right? That's 60 deals a year. And that's insane amount of deals. And to somebody else, there's somebody out there doing 60 a month. So it's all relative. Um, and you just gotta, you just gotta do a little bit every day. That's what I tell people starting out, go get you five a day, go get you five a day. That's literally all I do. It takes me 20 minutes and I'm done. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like with anything, I mean, you just need to define like with you, real estate is different with me cold out. It's everything is different. Everybody's business model is going to be different in some way. Some people might do my same business model. They might do yours. No matter what it is, they need to define an action that they can take every single day. Um, no matter how cringe you want to put like an 80, 20 action or, or a 10 X action, um, that's going to significantly boost your process because there are progress. Um, because everybody's running around trying to figure out how they can, you know, do something that's just not in their control. Like how many deals are going to land, you know, how many clients are going to land. It's just none of that's in your control. Um, but reaching out to those people, reaching out to 20, 30, 50 people, however many people may be a day. Um, if you do that consistently long enough, you're going to either A, you know, land the client or get the deal or whatever it may be. Or B, you're going to learn that you're doing something wrong and you need to optimize it. And you keep optimizing until you win. It's, it's so simple, um, but 
it's not easy. It's very simple though. Yep. And, that, and that's the problem. I think people try to make it overcomplicated to make it easy. And that's really not how it is. They overcomplicate it. It makes it a lot harder. And like, it's not complicated. I look at five deals a day for the last year, right? Whatever that is, 1500, 1500. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's a lot. Um, 15,000, whatever it is. And if, if you go back and do the numbers, we had, we just bought our 10th. And if you do the numbers, I'll be willing to bet you that about how many houses I looked at this year, I'll bet you about 1% or, or 0.005% of the houses I looked at, right. Is what we got. Like, I'll be willing to bet you if I backtrack that, that's what it was. And so, you know, if I want to double my business next year, right, maybe I should go do 10 or maybe I should look at 10, look at five and maybe I should go write five letters to five clients or five investors or something like that. It's, it's just super simple actions that you can take every day that aren't even crazy. Like take 30 minutes a day to write five letters. Boom, you're done. You'll write 150 letters a month. You might get a deal or two, right? If you get a deal or two and you're looking at, okay, I need to make 30 grand. Well, you just made yourself 60 grand a month. And so, you know, just thinking that way, I think that's just break it down to simple steps and you're going to win. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And like, another thing is another thing I do every day is I review my day every single day. I have a sheet that I put the date and I have this template that allows me to review my day, put the wins from the day, put the learnings from the day. Um, just write a free flow of how things went and what my day was like. And it's interesting if you look back, because there will be phases in your life where you feel like every day is the same. And that's because it is. And a lot of people, most people just live the same exact day every single day till the day they die. The same thoughts, like nothing's new. It's the same scarcity thoughts. They're not growing. They're not learning. You'll notice yourself getting in a pattern of that. Um, if, if you're in the pattern long enough, you'll notice it without writing anything down. But I notice it when I go back, if I go back and review like my entire week and I look at what did I put down in the day? Did I learn anything new? Am I, if I'm not learning anything new, then nothing's changing. I'm literally just living the same exact day as I did, um, you know, a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. And yes, some things are going to be the same. Like I said, I'm sending 10 cold emails or more every single day. So that thing is constant. Um, but I'm just talking about from in terms of thoughts, like anything, uh, your fears, different things like that. You're, if you're not, if you're not writing that stuff down and tracking it, and going back and learning from it, you're never going to grow and you're never going to um, figure out why you're stuck in that same place you've been. Yep. And I, so that's literally exactly what I do almost to the T every day. Um, and it's just crazy you say that. And I, I got this from Ryan Stuman, but so he, he put out a book called The G Code and uh, he practices a regimen called The G Code and what you're supposed to do every single day. I do it at night. Um, I think he does it in the morning um, after the, after you went to sleep, but you know, what it is, is you have, you have to write down the five things you're grateful for every day, five things you're grateful for. You have to, um, you have a question that says, did you cheat on your diet today? And then there's another question. Did you work out today? And that's kind of like, um, that's your health, right? That's that you're taking care of your health. And then there's, what was your win today? What did you win at? right? Like, was it a professional win? Was it you squatted 325 pounds? Was it we hit a million dollars revenue? Was it we got another thing? Was it you went and saw your grandma? Whatever it is, right? And then the last one is what lesson did you learn today? And what lesson did you learn today? Like, it's easy to fake a win, I guess. You could, you could kind of um, persuade yourself that this was a win, 
But when you really think about it, if you go ask somebody, what lesson did you learn today? They're going to really have to dig deep and think about, okay, what did I do today? And what did I, what could I learn out of today? Like, what was the lesson that today taught me? And if you don't think about that, you'll never answer the question, right? And now I see it every night. And now every single day, there's a hidden message in it every single day. And it's all because I read the question every day and answer it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that, yeah, that's awesome. Any, that, that's awesome. I love the simplicity of that. Um, mine's very simple, but that's even more simple. I, I love that. And I've heard the, uh, the five things you're grateful for. I should start doing something similar to that. Cause mine's more, um, I guess mine's more like business focused in terms of the review and like business growth, but that's also like a personal growth style review. So I, I like that. I really do. Yeah. And I, I let business stuff roll in there. Like I'll be grateful for opportunity or I'll be grateful for something that happened that day in real estate, or I'll be grateful for like note cards, right? Because I write notes to, to people and want to buy their houses. Right. If you know, it's just, it's just kind of weird stuff like that, but um, there are people that I'm grateful for or things I'm grateful for or things that happened. Right. It's, it's just so simple and people make it too hard, but uh, you know, it's uh, I think that's because, you know, in school, everything seems so hard and you know, they're like, You'll, be, you'll get rewarded if you figure it out, right? And, um, you know, it's it's really tough to unprogram yourself from like taking a test, memorizing everything and getting getting a grade, right? And that's awesome. Um, but I know a lot of people who have great grades and they cannot function as a human. They just can't. They're, so, they're socially awkward and they don't know how to talk to people. And I think if you were dumb as a rock, but you, you knew how to talk to people, um, people are going to love you a lot more than you have 4.0 and don't talk to anybody ever. Just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between being book smart and quote unquote street smart. Like, um, there's people with, and I've heard this before, like somebody was saying the best business people they've ever found are people who are, have a really low IQ because they're, ser they're just not afraid to actually take the action. Uh, somebody with like a ridiculously high IQ, they're constantly questioning if they're doing the right thing. When a lot of times, you just need to take the imperfect action and figure it out from there and just like be confident in it. Cause the number one thing I found with all this stuff is every single time I've ever accomplished anything, I had already accomplished it before I had accomplished it. If that makes sense. So mentally it was already done. And it's the weirdest thing ever. Cause once you accomplish it, you're like, wait a second. I had already done that in my mind. It was, it was literally already done. Um, and, and that's you what I found with every single thing. You can see it in your mind. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, and now some of it was fake it till you make it. Like it was, it was very, um, it's very interesting in 2019, when I did, like when I first landed my, when I landed my first client in copywriting and emails and stuff like that, I had a very fake it till you make it mindset. Um, somebody was telling me like, Oh, this is so easy to do. This is like the easiest thing to land clients with. And I was like, Oh yeah, this, this is going to be easy. All I got to do is send a couple emails. And I did. And I landed the client. Um, and I was just very ultra confident in my emails Whereas somebody who is kind of doubting themselves, even though I didn't really know what I was doing, um, if I had any kind of self-doubt, that would portray in my writing, and then that would come across, and I probably would have never landed those clients, um, those initial clients. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I was saying, I think the key is, like, understanding that when, you're, when you get something, when you win at something, it's because you already had won in your mind. Like, it's literally such a mental battle. Anything I've ever gotten in my entire life and everything I will get in the future, it was already done. It was already done in my head. Yep.
Yep. I think uh do you, do you follow David Goggins? Uh yes. Yes, I do. I kind of like his stuff, kind of don't cuz it's again it's kind of like the hustle porn stuff with like uh with like Gary V and uh all those people. I I I respect them. I highly respect them. Um but I do think in some cases it's it's more damaging to certain types of people than good. Um, like yep. Gary V tells you to, to grind 24 hours a day. I'm like, no dude, like, you can't operate at maximum capacity. Like I try to hit, you know, I'll do like a 52 minute work session and rest 17 minutes and repeat that. But when I'm in that 52 minute work session, I am at 150%. I am locked in laser focused. And that helps me accomplish tons of work in like five to six hours a day. Yep. Yep. I think you're right. And I, I was just gonna, I was gonna tap into the um, to the David Goggins mentality. And I think it's, um, you, you are right. It, it could definitely damage a lot of people. Um, the thing that I like, um, and the thing that I'm going to pull from here is he has mastered his mind. Um, he's mastered, I guess what, what he tells himself and what he lets his mind tell him. Um, and he uses his mind to really just do whatever he wants, um, whether it's good or bad. Right. But he ha he's just mastered his mind so well that it doesn't matter what happens around him. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's mastered it. He's got it. And he's going to execute what he thinks is right. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And like, I think with those people, like at the end of the day, I think all this stuff just takes vision, uh, like a vision for the future. Like he could, before he ever lost that weight, he probably, knew in his mind that he, he, he already knew he was going to do it. I guarantee you this is, I haven't, I've heard it from different people, but it seems to be a common theme of people already know they're going to get something before they've gotten it. It's, it's already done in their mind. They just have to take the steps to do it. And by being so confident in the fact that they're going to get it done, it leads them on the correct path to get it done. It's really weird how it works. Um, and I don't understand all of it, but I do understand it from the most basic standpoint. Um, and like, even something as simple as like, um, where I'm from, which is Lynchburg, Virginia, we have like a giant university, Christian university called Liberty University. Um, you probably heard it. There, there was a lot of crap about them in the news with a bunch of scandals and all that stuff. Um, yep. There was a bunch of crap that went on um, and it was pretty bad. But the guy who founded the place, um, which is Jerry Falwell Sr., I mean, it started with like just a little church and like a whole vision for the future. And now they've like the whole reason this entire city runs and has anything is because of Liberty University. Like yeah. it's crazy. It's 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 ridiculous how much it's grown. And that vision that he had, just one day to build that, has turned into turned into what you see today. It's it's crazy. Um, yeah. So I think it all starts with a vision, and it all starts with understanding that it's already done before it's done, and you figure out the pieces because of that confidence. Yep. You just gotta you just gotta put the put the vision into action, and and. Uh... I like, I love when you said imperfect action uh, works because I think imperfect action beats perfection 100% of the time. Um, cause if you, if you're trying to perfect it, you're just going to sit there for another year until you perfect it while the other guy has already gone and done what you wanted to do and figured it out. And now he's a year ahead and 10 and however many dollars ahead and however many clients ahead and whatever, you know? Yeah. And I mean, the funny thing is I am the biggest perfectionist in the entire world. I, I want everything to be perfect. I want the email to be perfect before I send it to a client. I want this and that. And, and I'll sit there and like fiddle with something for like 30 minutes just to make sure it's spot on before I send it out. But at the end of the day, like I said, 
Um, and like a lot of these things, it's a lot of th these things that I preach is actually like a moment of self-reflection, which kind of, it's kind of, it almost seems hypocritical when I post it. Cause like when I'm posting it, it's like something that I need to work on. It's almost like a message to myself that I'm also putting out to the world. Yep. So it seems hypocritical, but I'm not trying to be hypocritical. I'm trying to help other people because that's what I'm going through. And I know the solution that for myself, and I'm trying to share that. It's kind of weird. Um, yep. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like today I posted, if you want to change the world, change yourself. And uh, I'm a firm believer in that because if you, if, if you want to change something around you, you're going to have to change yourself to be able to uh, become the person that can change what's around you. Right. Um, and it's just like, and whenever I post something about you better not quit because a lot of people are, are, are uh, depending on you. Well, I probably thought about quitting that morning. And uh, then I thought about, oh, my grandma or my grandpa or my mom or dad or my brother, or, you know, my friends or whatever it is, um, you know, that you, you just, it's, it's self-reinforcing, but like other people have to hear it too. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's where most of those posts come from. It's like, it's like a moment of like, okay, I need to change. So it's like, oh, I'll put out, put out a post about like how, how you need to change. It's like, it, it seems very hypocritical in the moment, but it's like, I also kind of want to put under it. It's like, I want to put uh, this is a message to myself. Like, that's what I might start doing. Um, <clears throat> just because, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it is. And uh, no, but that's so true. Um, a lot of this stuff just takes confidence at the end of the day. And um, something I heard, I can't remember who I heard it from, um, but they literally just said confidence is making promises to yourself and actually keeping them. Because yep. a lot of times you'll, you'll make promises and you won't actually keep them. And that every single time you do that, it's lowering your confidence just a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. Um, but the, the longer you can go on a streak and gain momentum, um, you're going to be confident in yourself that you can uh, accomplish whatever you want to. And that's why like stuff like 75 hard or whatever challenge you take on, maybe abstaining from something for three months, six months, nine months, whatever it may be. It could just be one thing because, you know, somebody might try to do 75 hard and they fail like crazy because it's just so many things they got to do. But if they literally just picked one thing that is the reason their life is destroying them and they abstained from it for 90 days, they would completely change their life. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, a hundred percent, 110%. If the, 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 the promises you keep to yourself, um, that is the, I think that's like one of the only ways to build confidence, right? Like that it's the surefire. You're, you, if you do that, you're going to, you're going to win. Like, it's just, you're going to, you're going to become confident and you're going to you have the confidence to, do anything you want. Um, yeah, we're at like an hour and 10 minutes. Let me ask you <laughs> one last question. Um, the, the good podcasts usually like they'll go like this and we can talk for hours. Let me ask you one last question. Um, and you know, this is probably relative, but, uh, what does success mean to you? What, when you wake up in the morning and you say, I want to be successful, what does that mean? Um, I think I, I have so far to go because I'm only 21 and I have so many, like, like the business is doing okay, but I want it to do better. Um, but I don't think success really has anything to do with money. Like I posted today, I think money is just the tool. Yep. Um, but I think success really, especially like in our generation, especially to me, it's like, uh, being an example and being the standout example that 
literally whatever you want to do in life is possible um, and actually making that come true um, and being able to be that example. Cause you know, we preach all day um, hyping ourselves up, hyping others up. Like you can do whatever you want to do, but when you actually are standing at the top and you've got in a hundred million dollar business or you, you, you know, you've, you've made all this money and you've gotten all the success and you're an example and you're actually still a good person too. Um, Cause right. I feel like a lot of these people, you know, there's a lot of billionaires, they're pieces of crap and all they care about is just themselves. But just being an example to my family, um, being able to retire my dad, that's a big goal. Um, and I guess at the end of the day, just being a, being an example, um, that that's, <laughs> that's a lot of stuff, but, um, there's probably much more as well. <laughs> yep. I absolutely love that because, um, and you say you, you want to retire your dad and I think that is super, super powerful. And I'll, I'll have two points for you there. Um, you, you mentioned billionaires and them being pieces of crap. And I think, I think money doesn't change people. I think money emulates who they already were before they had yeah. money. Right. Um, because if you're a piece of crap and then you make a hundred million dollars, you know, now you're just a piece of crap, a hundred million dollars. Um, <laughs> yep. So another, another thing, you know, I think that's another, another awesome topic that we could talk about for hours is like, what's your why? And I think obviously one of your reasons to be successful is to retire your dad. Right. And, um, you know, this I'm, I've, I'm, in, I've been in a time of reflection recently, um, the last couple of days, uh, my grandmother passed away a few days ago and I, I grew up with her like 24 seven. Um, and one of the big reasons is for me grinding so much, um, and just trying to be successful and make money and do this and do that, uh, to be the best version of myself was, and not necessarily just my grandma, I'll take care of her, but like it was to be, um, just take care of my family, right? They sacrificed so much for me. I owe it to them to, um, to take what they've given me and run with it, right? To be successful. I don't want them to have to worry about their money when they're 60 or 70, right? And they're trying to figure out how they're going to pay for themselves when they get destitute and stuff like that, right? Like, and I want them to take them on trips and like, <clears throat> I don't want my dad to have to work till he's 80 because that's just all he knows, right? I want him to be able to go to Alaska and, and do whatever he wants to do because, um, they've sacrificed so much, you know, I have to make it like, there's no option. I have to, I have to do it and I have to provide. And that's, I think a hundred percent, like you were hundred percent correct. Um, being an example and, and taking it and, and helping out, helping people out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah. I think that was a, that was a, that was a long tangent of a bunch of stuff, but I think it was, uh, very good conversation. Very good conversation. Yeah. And those, those usually turn out to be the best um, because, you know, it, you're, you're speaking straight from the heart. You're not speaking from a script. Um, I know some people speak from scripts, but, you know, if you're speaking from the heart and uh, having a genuine conversation, which we obviously were um, because it was 710 like five minutes ago, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on and uh, hopefully we can, we can get on here when we're uh, a little bit more down the road and we've, we've done a little bit more and have a little more experience on our belt. When we're both multimillionaires. There we go. <laughs> yeah, let's there do it. Go. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on and, and uh, hopefully some people can get some value out of this. They got to, ain't no way they don't. Yeah, for sure.
All right. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, absolutely. You take care. See ya. Fuck what they talk out. I've been getting my cake and running wild since a little child. Yeah, getting it every day. I'm working sun up till the sun down. Yeah, I'm getting it every day. These niggas hating, trying to see how I do this shit. Bitch, I'm not new.